Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. And I thought, you know, that righteousness was some kind of a spiritual state that you might attain to through spiritual growth eventually. But I knew I, you know, I just knew I wasn't there. You see, and the devil asked me the question, are you righteous? Well, not knowing what it is. Well, of course, I said, no, I'm not. And like I said, you know, uh, as I looked at myself from the natural standpoint, well, I, I wouldn't, uh, what, I, what I at that time considered righteous sure was far from it. So you see, by accepting what the devil said, then I just simply permitted him, because of the lack of understanding of righteousness, what it is and what it gives, I permitted him, you see, to rob me of the blessing God intended I should have right then. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the classic series, Understanding How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. Now then, he asked the question, Is any sick among you? And then he said, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. That is, heal him, you see. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And then he went on to say, and confess your faults one to another, and pray ye one for another that you may be healed. For the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, now I know in my own case, when I read this verse here, about is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, and on the name of the Lord, and pray of faith to save the sick, and the Lord to raise him up, and if he have committed sins, it shall be forgiven him. I, uh, I thought, you know, that you had to do that to be healed. You don't have to. You just can't. And so I remember tears leaped to my eyes, and I began to cry because, see, I thought I had to do this. But the Holy Spirit's our teacher, praise the Lord. And he called my attention. When I say the Holy Spirit, I mean something within me. We say something, really someone. It just seemed as though someone spoke up right on the inside of me in my spirit, you see, and said, did you notice that verse said the prayer of faith shall save the sick? I looked at it again. I said, well, yeah, that's what it said. It does say that, yeah. And that voice within said, well, you can pray that prayer as well as anybody can. Well, I began to believe that, you see, because it's right in there, praise God. But then I read a little further. Now, sometimes you make a mistake by not reading further in the Scriptures, and sometimes you make a mistake by reading further. <laughs> I'll explain to you what I mean. You see, Satan thrives on ignorance. He takes advantage of what you don't know to defeat you. Really, he can't defeat you if you know the truth because Jesus has already defeated the devil for you. Hallelujah. But you see, I read here about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much or working, in other words. And then here the devil, because he knew I didn't know what righteousness is and didn't know what it gives. 
See, he took advantage of my lack of understanding of that to defeat me. And so he said to me, and when I say Satan said to me, it just seemed like a voice speaking to my mind said it. said, well, yeah, yeah, you could pray that prayer of faith all right if you were righteous. But you see, it says right here, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And if you were righteous, you could do that. You could pray the prayer of faith and receive your healing. Now, see, he didn't contradict what was said to him and say, you know, you can't pray the prayer of faith because I believed I could, see. But he went another way here and and of course, when he said that, well, then he reminded me of all my own mistakes and faults and failures, you know. I mean, brought them right up before me, you know, a picture of them. Because, you see, he knew I didn't know what righteousness is. And he knew I didn't know what it gives. And I thought, you know, that righteousness was some kind of a spiritual state that you might attain to through spiritual growth eventually. But I knew I, I, you know, I just knew I wasn't there. You see, and the devil asked me the question, are you righteous? Well, not knowing what it is. Well, of course, I said, no, I'm not. And like I said, you know, uh, as I looked at myself from the natural standpoint, well, I, I wouldn't, uh, what, I, what I at that time considered righteous sure was far from it. So you see, by accepting what the devil said, then I just simply permitted him because of the lack of understanding of righteousness, what it is and what it gives, I permitted him, you see, to rob me of the blessing God intended I should have right then. So I thought to myself, I reasoned like this, well, you know, if I just don't die, and if I could just live long enough, you know, to grow enough, and to develop enough spiritually to ever get to be righteous, and really I don't know for sure whether I I really had in mind just what a, you know, I thought it was a spiritual development that we attain unto, you know. But if I ever get to be righteous, I said to myself, I'll sure be a whiz when it comes to praying. You know what I meant by that statement? It'd really work. My prayers would work. But I sort of laid that aside because I was just sure I wasn't righteous. Well, in the process of time, I read the scriptures more and more, and I read a little further. Sometimes it pays to read a little further. And I read here that he gave for an illustration of a righteous man of praying, a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah. Now, he told me it was right there on the page right in front of me, and I failed to see it. He said Elijah was a man. A man. See, sometimes, you know, we think, you know, that if a man's righteous, you know, he's sort of developed to some great degree, you know, of sainthood. He's really holy. He's really developed into a great uh, spiritual, uh, till he just sort of super duper <laughs> when it comes to spirituality, you know. Elijah, though, he said, was a man subject to like passions as we are. He's given him as an illustration of a righteous man praying, and yet he said he prayed. 
And he's showing you the effects of a righteous man praying. And he shut up the heavens with his prayers for three years and six months. It's his prayers that did it. And then he opened up the heavens with his prayers. He prayed again. And the heaven gave forth his rain, and the earth brought forth a fruit. Isn't that right? Well, now, of course, I, I, I didn't think about what he said there, that Elijah was a man subject to like past as we are at the moment. That didn't register on me because I just sort of held in my mind that these saints of the Old Testament, these great men of God and prophets and a man anointed by the Spirit of God, you know, really wouldn't hardly be a man. And sure, they wouldn't be subject to like passions as we are, you know. I mean, they, they wouldn't be in the same class with the rest of we mortals. They'd sort of be above us, you know. huh? Don't we do that a lot of times? Almost make idols out of them. But then it dawned on me one day, and I'm really telling you what happened over a period of a number of months, you know, not just a few days or a few hours, that uh, when I read a little bit more, when he said here Elijah was a man subject to like passions, I, I, I thought, well, I, I believe I'll, I, of course, I'd studied about him, you know, some in Sunday school. But I'll just go back and check up on that dude. Because if he's given him an example of prayer and praying and getting results, well, then I can follow his example, praise God, and get results. And he's given him an example as a righteous man. So I went back and began to read up on him. And you know, the more I read about him, the more it sort of reminded me of myself. That I remember that that's what James said. James said he's a man, Elias or Elijah, a man subject to like passions as we are. Talking about himself and the church, the Christians that he's writing to. Said he's just a man like us. Didn't he? Subject to like passions we are. See, the devil has said to me, now you're not righteous and you couldn't get your prayers answered. You know, you got mad and, and knocked the tray off of the bed. That's no way for a righteous man to act, is it? Huh? See, that's what the devil said to me. Well, now here Elijah was subject to like passages. We are. He had his great moments, you know. He'd already prayed and shut up the heavens for three years and six months. But then the time came when God sent him out there, you see, uh, the contest with the prophets of Baal. And, uh, you know, he prayed the fire down. And then he prayed the rain down, praise God. And, and, and he, uh, the, the Spirit of God came on him, you know. And he, he outran the king's chariot 14 miles across the plain of Jezreel. He had his high moments. But when he got to Jezreel, somebody told him, said, Jezebel said that she's going to have your head off by this time tomorrow. You know, he'd had all the 450 prophets of Baal had their heads cut off. And so Jezebel is going to cut your head off. By this time tomorrow, she's going to have your head cut off. Well, he started running again. <laughs> now, this first time he ran those 14 miles across the plain of Jezreel, the hand of the Lord was on him. But this time he started running. What did the hand of the Lord on him? Just Elijah running. And he ran till he gave out. And he climbed up under a juniper tree and said, Lord, said, just let me die. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Now, 
Let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. I have a book called Listen to Your Heart, Hearing God in a Noisy World. Sometimes as a father, if you'll just listen, God will begin to tell you things that you can do to help to avert a problem yes. uh, with your children. And it has to do with, though, you've got to understand how to listen to God and how to hear His voice. And this book, it's the six sermons that I preached that, on that subject. And each one of them is a chapter in itself, oh, five, six pages in, in a chapter. And then at the end of each chapter, it's called Think It Over. It's questions that you can answer. When you read and then answer questions, it seems like you retain it a little bit better. This is a great book for anybody on personal devotions. Yes. It's a great book for family devotions. It's a great book for study groups. Even Sunday school classes yes. are using this book because it's set up in that format to be like sort of a, one of these uh, study guides, study, study pupil study guide. I guess yes. that might be what you call it. So that is here. And then the God Kind of Faith by my dad it's just a one CD, The God Kind of Faith. If you don't know how to have the faith that God has, then you can't get things to happen in your life because with The God Kind of Faith, it comes to pass. Yes. So all of these are $15.95. Uh, go there on the internet, order them. That's the easiest and the best That's way, but right. the announcer will tell you other ways that you can also get this product. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, understanding how to fight the good fight of faith. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.